Many of you know that I got a degree in broadcast journalism, left college, started working in radio, selling advertising, and I bombed at it. I was absolutely terrible at it. My previous, my boss at the time said, Will, you're good at getting people up to the horse, but no one wants to ride. I could not close sales. And one day I picked up this audio cassette and started listening to it. And this was by Zig Ziglar, actually, which led me into several other speakers. And then Nightingale Conant released a series by my guest today. His name is Joel Weldon, Joel Weldon. And I listened to that just over and over and over. It was almost like a superstitious thing because what I discovered was that when I listened to Joel as I was driving around in my car on cassette, okay, as I was listening to Joel, my client meetings went better. I sold more advertising. Things just were happier and more upbeat. Things were less of a struggle. So I was thrilled when he agreed to be on the show today. And now he's doing something that I truly admire. And that is he is teaching speakers to speak. So we're going to learn a lot more about him, but everybody, please welcome the incomparable Joel Weldon. Good morning, Joel. Well, good morning and welcome. I'm glad to be with people who aren't complaining. Good. Glad to have you here. And you were telling me that it is 5 a.m. there in Phoenix, and which is all right because you're normally up uh, riding bikes with your dogs, yes? That's correct, at 5 o'clock. Wonderful. Well, I wanted to ask you, you now are training speakers to speak. And by the way, uh, successcomesincans.com. That is his website. Success comes, one of them, successcomesincans.com. In the email that you sent me and before we went on, I wanted to, you, you mentioned words to the effect that speakers will often blame their audience <laughs> when things don't go well. Why do you think that is and what can speakers do so that the audiences are more receptive to Well, let's first define a couple of terms. When you're talking about speakers, we're talking about entrepreneurs, business owners who use speaking to grow their business. Whether that means they're making videos, whether they're being on podcasts, whether they're doing a, an interview in their industry or on a panel. Anytime you're in front of more than two people, you're speaking in front of a group. And, you know, you're asking about why do they complain about the audience? Well, because why do complete people complain about anything? They don't accept personal responsibility. So the first thing you need to think of, it has nothing to do with the audience. It has to do with the presenter. And if you're not getting the results you want when you're in front of an audience of potential prospects for whatever it is that you're selling, and that could be a product, a service, or an idea, it's your responsibility as the speaker, not the audience's. And one of the reasons people don't get the results that they want 
is they don't prepare. They don't understand who the audience is. Like in our case, well, your audience is made up of people of many different job backgrounds, industries, but they have one thing in common. They don't want to be complainers. They've joined this group. And, and if you are that kind of person that accepts personal responsibility, that would be my first suggestion. You've got to prepare even more. And that begins with knowing who your audience is and understanding what they need. And if you can speak to what an audience needs, you're going to connect with them. So since you're my audience and right now I'm the speaker, what should I talk about? How can you make a presentation that gets you the results that you want? That's what we're going to talk about. And after 3,000 paid speaking engagements, being inducted into the Speakers Hall of Fame, having coached over 10,000 speakers, I've seen an awful lot of what works and what doesn't work. I would say the, the, the lack of preparation, I love that you touched on that. When I did a TEDx talk about four years ago in Kiev, I wrote it out, read it out, and then practiced it live three times a day for 30 days before the speech. And most people, when they see a speaker, think, oh, wow, that is a great speaker. I think what they're missing is all of the preparation and whether that is speaking, as you say, to just a handful of people, we tend to want to think that, oh, really good. I'm no good at this. And that person's good at this. And then people end up shooting from the hip instead of being well prepared. If we're talking to just a small group of people, what do you recommend we do in preparation? Well, the first thing, if you're talking to a small group, same thing. What do they need? It's not about you. So let me give you a couple of premises, Bill. First premise is speaking is a learned skill. The more you do something, the better you're going to get at it, especially if you get feedback to improve. Second premise is be yourself. Speaking effectively is not a performance. It's not acting. It's being congruent with who you are. And number three, it's all about your audience. It's not about you. And that's perhaps one of the biggest mistakes people make is they use the wrong personal pronoun. They say, I. Think of how most people begin a presentation, like on your podcast. Bill, I'm so excited to be here. You know, I've been thinking all day about what I could share with your people. Who cares that I'm excited? That's not why you're watching or listening to this message. You're here to say, hey, does this guy got anything to help me be a better presenter? or I can express myself even better. That's all you care about. It's not about me and it's not about you when you present. So look at your last email to a customer or client. Look at the first two paragraphs. Take a pen and circle every time you said I and every time you said you. Well, hopefully you have more you's than I's. Not that I is a terrible word. It's the most used word in the English language, but it's not effective when you're speaking. So how do you open any message? Talk about your audience. You're here because you want to be around people who are not accepting complaining as the answer to their challenges. That life is filled with challenges, but you can do something about it. And I think your followers, your listeners, accept personal responsibility. And if that's the case, 
then you come up with solutions to solve those challenges. So that would be the first suggestion. Make your opening all about your audience, not about you. And then you tie together uh, helpful details and things that are going to, because as you're saying this, as a professional speaker myself, I think about, here I'm using I, I, um, I'm thinking about how over the years you dial in your speech, you get like what a comedian would call the type 10. And at the same time, you want to customize your presentation to the audience. You don't want to lose that quality to content that you know is memorable. And at the same time, you want to customize your presentation to the audience. How do you walk that fine line when you're presenting? Well, if you understand who your audience is, and we have a little formula, it's called the NFV formula. And if you just think of these three words, needs, fears, victories. Before you make any presentation, if you just wrote down on a piece of paper or on your digital format that you're using on your computer or laptop, what does this audience need to know about the subject that we're going to be talking about? Number two, what are their fears? What do they worry or concerns them about this subject? And the victories, what are their successes? What are the positive things about that? So let's just say that your audience today, Bill, was here because they wanted to get in better physical condition. They're overweight. They're out of shape. They don't have energy to keep going. And that's, that's your audience. So let's look at those needs, fears, and victories of that audience. What do they need? They need a simple plan that will help them get in better shape. They already have heard about diets. They've been on them probably 50 times, but they don't work. That's why they're overweight, out of shape, and don't have the energy that they want. What are their fears? Well, is this going to be another quick fix? Is this going to be something where I lose weight and then I gain it right back again? If I lose all that weight, I've got to buy all those new clothes. They're expensive. It's going to cost me a lot of money. Maybe I should just stay big. What are the victories? They showed up. They're there. They're listening. Something inside of them says that they do want to get in better shape. So if you just see something as simple as that, how to get into better physical condition and to have the energy that you want to carry you through the day and not wear out, if you get that clear picture in your mind, you'll know what to say because in that formula, the answer is you cannot talk about anything that doesn't meet your audience's needs, help them overcome a fear, or reinforce a victory or success that they've got. And if you use that, you're going to have a relevant message because there are six words, Bill, as a professional speaker, you're never going to hear. And as you're watching and listening to this interview, there are six words you're never going to hear. Would you like to know what those six words are, Bill? Yes, please. Talk as long as you want. <laughs> no one is going to say that to you. You didn't say, Joel, we've got this podcast. We've got this audience. Just talk as long as you want. Now, in your case, Bill, you could talk well, let's see, today's Thursday, you could at least get through next Thursday. You could probably go at least for a week, but nobody's going to give you that time. Right. If you're an expert in your 
business or your service, you could talk a long time. So how do you know every time what to speak about? And that's where the NFB formula comes in. If you will write down and focus on the needs, fears, and victories of your listeners, your audience, your clients, you're going to hold them. And time is irrelevant. So many times people think with videos, you know, it's got to be two to three, four minutes long. You can't hold people's attention. That's ridiculous. There are movies that are three hours long that nobody gets up to get popcorn. It's just such a good movie. And the same thing with your message. It's not the length, it's the relevancy to your audience and connecting to the When people. you're talking about, and I keep bringing this back because I understand you have spoken, you know, thousands of uh, big audience speeches, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, what you're saying is so applicable to when you have a meeting at work. So many people will maybe talk to their spouse the night before they're having a big meeting with five people. And well, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that and I'm going to say that, but never in their conversations does, I wonder what they need. I know what, I wonder what their fears are that I've called this meeting or whatever. And most importantly, Joel, the fact that you reinforce the victories. I think so often we walk in, here's, what, here's what's wrong, how do we fix it? As opposed to thinking about the mindset and the needs of the audience. And if we were to do this, even on a small level for a small meeting, it would have an enormous impact and give us much more confidence when we're dealing with people. Why do you think we as people tend to shoot from the hip when we've got an important thing to say to a group or a large or small. Well, in other words, the question is, you know, why aren't people preparing more? I think most of it is ignorance. They don't really realize how significant the improvement can be in their message if they really tuned in. Like you mentioned an employee meeting. So I have a client, he's the CEO of his company, he was doing a team meeting, a virtual team meeting. They had offices all over the country. They had a lot of people tuning in. And I asked him, okay, what are you going to talk about? He said, well, you know, we've had a great year. I'm going to talk about our stock price. I'm going to talk about, you know, our bottom line and how much profit we're making and all of these other things that are going on that are great with the company. I really want to drive that home. So my first question to him was, do they have stock in the company? He said, well, some of the officers do, but, but not, not all of our team members. I said, then it's not relevant. Why would you talk about the increase in the stock value if they don't own stock? Unless you're trying to get them to invest in the stock, that would be different. What do they want to know? What about our health program? Well, what about the deductible? What about our bonus plan? Those are the things that your team wants to know about. And he, he was shocked. He said, I didn't even think about that. I said, because you're thinking of the CEO level, you've got to think about who your audience is. And the same thing using that metaphor about being in great physical condition. If you're in great physical condition, it's hard for you to understand what it's like if you're overweight, tired, and don't have the physical abilities that you used to do, used to have, because you're not there. And that's the key to understand your audience. You've got to become your audience. And that's how you connect with them. That, 
You used to say the same thing about sales. That was one of the things that I learned listening to your cassettes was the importance of um, getting, looking at it from the other side of the table, looking at it through the other people's eyeballs. It seems like we resist so much because we come in with our perspective and a win is to get that other person to agree as opposed to coming in in our minds with our needs and thinking about what the needs and fears are of the other people. Why is it important to take into account their fears and what they're afraid of? Well, first of all, when you think about this connection, think how most people begin any kind of message before we get into fears. You know, I'm so excited to be here. Who cares? It's, it's about you. <laughs> you should be so excited. Or, you know, here's my favorite story. Who cares? But if you said, here's a story that might become one of your favorites, because it drives home the point about. So the fears, why is it so important to address the fears? Because people respond more to the negative than the positive, unfortunately, in some cases. So let's just say we're talking about getting into great physical condition. And, and one of their fears is that if they do get into better shape now, they're going to fall back again and get out of shape because this has been their pattern their whole life. Well, if you can address that and say, you know, you might be thinking, well, I've done these things in the past. I've lost weight. I've gotten to better physical condition. But then I revert and I see all that candy and cookie and ice creams and I put it on and my weight comes back and then I feel so angry at myself. Have you ever felt that way? Well, one of the things that you need to remember is your life is your choice. Those are all choices and you can change your choices. So that's what we're going to talk about in this message, how you can change your choices to get the results that you want. All right. So that would be identifying a fear, but then coming up with a solution to it. And if you can articulate what your audience is thinking in the words that they would use, you connect with them. And the purpose of the victories is to inspire people to take action and to move forward uh, to fulfill their needs and address their fears. Am I, am I understanding that correctly? Well, it also reinforces that they are doing a lot of things right. You know, so many times speakers talk down to an audience. I know everything and you know nothing. That, that nobody cares. Nobody wants that kind of thing. But if you say, you know, you made the decision to be here, you know, sure you have challenges, but you're looking for answers. And you know that people do complain. You've probably complained, but you're still tuning into this podcast, looking for answers that would help you eliminate the complaints and focus more on the solutions. That's why you're here. And congratulations for doing that. It's Talking a about their victories reinforces that they are doing some things right. They can do even more of them, but they're not complete losers. And unfortunately, some speakers like to present that, that you're bad, I'm good, this is the answers, you don't have them, I'm giving them to you. One of the things I've discovered speaking on complaining why we do it and how to get ourselves and others to stop over the last 15 years, is event planners often think I'm just going to complain about complaining rather than talking about. And I love the fact that you said in the opening 
that they excuse their performance. That is one of the five reasons people complain is to excuse themselves from taking responsibility. What get, what, it seems like people who don't take personal responsibility and blame circumstances feel those are legitimate complaints and that they're being stopped. How do we help people or how do you help people break through those walls? How do you inspire people to take responsibility rather than complaining about what's going on in their lives? Well, I think one of the things that always helps are stories and illustrations. And, and you know, one of the things that we know as speakers, speakers love to use stories. Unfortunately, one of the mistakes people make is they don't tell the point of the story before they tell the story. They launch into a story. So there I was in Yosemite, walking around after a fire. And the audience thinking is, what are we doing in, in Yosemite? I'm here to learn about so-and-so. So I think one of the ways that you can get people to accept responsibility is to use a story, an illustration, a metaphor that drives home that point about what happens when you do. And, and if we let's just use that example about being in great shape and physical fitness and health and wellness. And let me share a story about somebody you could relate to. And then you would tell a story about somebody who wasn't doing well, who was making complaints, that was doing all of the things bad. And then one day he woke up and realized my life is my choice, that everything that's happened since I'm an adult has been a result of the choices I've made. What if I was to make a different choice? Now, that's different than me saying you need to wake up today and decide that your life is your choice. You need to decide that you can make different choices. But we can do that in a story, in a metaphor, in an example where somebody hears it and says, you know, I think I can do that. And then in, in, in professional speaking, oftentimes you will get people who feel the need, which is taught to us as professional speakers, to establish ourselves as an authority and even as a celebrity. So we tend to tell those stories about ourselves. Um, I love the idea of telling stories about other people. Do you feel in your speaking, do you speak more often about, tell stories about others or do you speak about yourself? I always speak about others. Mm. And hopefully uh, the introducer speaks about you, is establishing your credibility. That's the purpose of an introduction, to establish the credibility. Like you talked about our relationship going back into the 70s when you were listening to cassettes. And I know some of the millennials listening don't really know what an audio cassette is. Maybe we should have brought one along. <laughs> I don't <laughs> have it. I think you know what it is. But, but I, I think that that's the key. And also when you talk about yourself, you could put them in the, in the story as an example. So just here's a personal story about Joel Weldon. But here's how I would tell it. So just imagine. You're in high school and you've never given an oral report because you're afraid to stand up in front of a group. As a matter of fact, you're so shy, you can't lead your Sunday school class in silent prayer. If that was you, if somebody said to you, you know, you're going to grow up and be a professional speaker, you would tell them, that's crazy. 
I can't talk to anybody. Well, that's exactly what happened to me when I graduated high school in 1959. I never wow. spoke in front of an audience until I was 28 years old. So imagine if you hadn't spoken to any group until you were almost 30 years old. And within 10 years, you're in the Speaker's Hall of Fame. How could that happen? Well, that's what we're going to talk about in this message. How you can learn to be an effective communicator and get your ideas across in a way that people accept them and will act on them. All right. So there's a, an example of a personal story, but putting your audience in the story. And if you would just sprinkle in, well, if that happened to you, what would you do? Imagine that that was your situation. How would you have been feeling? If you were faced with that, what choices would you have made? Well, let me tell you what I did. Okay. So you can go from you to I. It's like a ping pong match. Mm -hmm. I, you, I, you. But what do most speakers do? I, 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 yeah. And I, I brought along, a little, I don't know if you can see this. It's a little small. But, <laughs> but that's the key word. You. It's all about your audience, not about you. Get yourself out of the way and make it about them. I want to remind my audience, this is Joel Weldon. You can find him at successcomesincans.com. Successcomesincans.com. And I want to remind you, please, like, comment, and share, no matter how you're watching this as a video or as a podcast listening. Please be sure and share it. That is how we build our positive online community. But anyway, well, everyone, listen, thank, I want to say thank you to Joel for uh, being with me, and especially so early, even though he's an early riser. And you really need to check his stuff out. He changed my life. Joel, you made me so much money. I, I remember you said in one of your cassettes, I am a model presenter. And you talked about the Speaker's Hall of Fame. And I said, I want him to speak about myself. I want to be in the Speaker's Hall of Fame. Well, define what a model speaker is. Say again? A model is a small imitation of the real thing. Right. A small imitation of the real thing. Yes, right. I loved that joke. So anyway, check him out. Joel Weldon. Joel, thank you so much. I, I love getting to meet a hero, and today has been that day. So right. thanks so much, and make it a really wonderful day, if you would. No more, no more complaining people. Their lives are changing with flying high. Complain free world no more.